0: The Gran School of Business and Management at Pepperdine University proudly presents the Dean's Executive Leadership Series. This podcast invites top business practitioners and thought leaders to share their view on the real world of business.
1: We're gonna take just a few questions before we conclude our evening, but I have to say, as you all stood up and clapped for Bernard, so um, when he spoke at graduation, I think we've done about, we do three graduations a year, I've been here 10 years, we have 30, we've had 30 graduations where I've heard a distinguished alum, which is what we honored Bernard for, and an honorary doctorate at each of those, so what, 60 graduation speakers, and in that entire 60, only two have ever gotten standing ovations from our audience, and Bernard was one of them. So both times you've spoken on this campus, you've gotten standing ovations, so we're going to have to bring you back more often. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. One comment, and I'm going to open it to the audience for some questions. So if you think about what you'd ask, like to ask, Bernard, you talked about Ursula Burns being the first woman, mm-hmm. black woman, CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Does anybody in our audience know what else was historic about her becoming CEO about that transition? Anybody? She another female female. Right. First exactly. succession of a woman-to-woman CEO in a Fortune 500 company. And that company. would only Nobody happen in Xerox
2: because Absolutely. of what we had done. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So it says a lot about that company on multiple counts. Yeah. Absolutely. So, OK, who has a question for Bernard from our audience? Yes. You're right in the glare, so.
2: Yes.
0: Um, I have been in the banking business for about 35 years, and I'm hearing about this glass ceiling, iron ceiling. Can you speak to that when we, as you look forward? Not back. I, I refuse to look back. But as you look forward, how do we maneuver, manipulate, maneuver, negotiate (laughs) ourselves into the future?
2: Great question. Um, The 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 glass ceiling is is is. Here's what we did with Xerox. You know, white America is basically a club. You know, as it relates to inside, you know, executives and things like that. You know, they play tennis together and golf and all that kind of stuff. So. We said we'll form our own club, you follow me? And that's why we formed the Xerox Black Employees. We had to go on strike in 1971 to do it, you follow me? We went on strike, and we said, we ain't doing this no more. Unless you treat us right, we're not coming back. They sent Dave Kearns out to fire us. He ended up agreeing with us, and that's how the movement started. <laughs> but, I mean, but, you know, we had some sharp brothers and sisters that were serious, and they had what I call backbone. But the the reality is, is getting and, and, you know, you with U.S. Bank and you got Darrell Brown there. You what you got to do is stitch this thing together. You can't have when I say leave the door open and the ladder down. Most corporations, as it relates to blacks, particularly black people outrun their support. So you look around and, and, and it's two or three levels below you. You can't help that person. See, even a direct report, even an executive vice president can't help a person two or three levels down without meddling. You follow me? you got to be within the sphere of influence. Right, Carol? you got to be within two levels. I call it two grade levels. So you got to form this organization, and then you gotta, you got to get the best and the brightest. And we only got the best and the brightest. And those people I talked about, we call it the roadshow. And we went around the country, and we organized every branch around the Xerox model. And the model was this, meritocracy. We believe in meritocracy. We would need, right Don, we believe in winning. You follow me? You can't play this game, this ain't an affirmative action game. You follow me? Although we need affirmative action. What we need is, we want to get up on the plate and we want to hit on both sides of the plate. I used to tell them I could hit on the left or the right side. I hit curves, fastballs, inside, I don't give a doggone because I'm ready to play this game. So you got, you got to organize your uh, employees. I mean, we organize HOPPA, which is the Hispanics, we organize the Asian group, and we organize the female group, all around the Xerox Black Employees model, and they are still operating today, okay?
1: Fabulous. What else? Yes,
2: right here. Don LaVoy one of the few guys I gave a five review for about 100 years ago. Don, good to see you. <laughs>
0: Want you to talk about and it's it, how i it's one of the ways i describe you and so i have an advantage knowing you for all this time almost 40 years and you can tell by the way he conducted himself tonight but it's a an ingredient that you don't see as much anymore and he has it and it makes a huge difference he takes a bite out of every apple and it's passion. talk about it bernard because Bernard puts his heart and brain in everything he does. Whether it's playing basketball, art, his son and his wife, his home, investments, spiritual, I need you to expand that Bernard because you didn't talk about it much and it's a big ingredient in your makeup and it's a big differentiator in life, huge. Please. Well, I,
2: first of all, Don, thank, thanks so much for, you know, uh, I mean, th- this, this guy is, is a friend. He's a friend because he got it back in the late 70s and 80s. I, I saw him when he was in Sacramento. He was, he was a killer. And I, I, want all the, I want all the talent I can get, okay? Uh, but passion is something, uh, going back to, you know, forming groups. If you're not passionate about it, people will walk away from you. You follow me? You know, I, I have a saying that anything I'm involved in, it is better. Okay? Now, you should have that as your model. If you're going to be in, you remember my story, roles, goals, and responsibilities? Anything that you're going to be involved in, you want to make it better. Or what's the point? What's the point of membership if you're not contributing? You follow me? They had a, 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 you know, another fraternity, not the Omegas that I went to the first meeting and they were talking about socializing. I said, I don't want to socialize. I want all this brain power and resources. I wanted to put it to work to help our community. And if we're not going to do this, I am not going to invest any time in this. And I didn't go back. End the story. You follow me? Because roles, goals, and responsibilities. Use that one. It's a good one. It'll, it'll save you a whole lot of time going to the wrong meetings and investing in the wrong things and, and even the wrong relationships. You follow me? Because if you, if I tell people, if, if you're trying to get married and you don't spend any time trying to meet people, you're not going to do well at that. You follow me? So you're going to have to, you have to line up this passion with your time. You follow me? And focus it. Okay. All right. I don't know if I, okay.
1: Let's take one more question from the audience.
2: Ricky, you, you, oh. you up there? Oh, okay. This is my, no. my frat brother here. Well, then we'll
1: let him ask you a question.
2: Okay. Do you Ricky? have
1: a question? Does your son have a
2: question? <clears throat> okay, over here. Okay, we'll do it, go down here. George Gibbs. Bernard, as, as, as I sit here and I listen to you and have known you for some years now, you're obviously a
0: very successful in this room there's obviously some successful people here how do we ensure that the next generation has the opportunity to have the same level of success or even greater success
2: from your experience of your life leave the door open and the ladder down i can't say it any better because that is the, that is, that's the trick. Darnell. that's the trick. In business, in education, in philanthropy, you know, in education, it doesn't matter. You follow me? If you're not helping someone, and I'm one of these guys, I got another slide up there that showed, I put the first FS, uh, Latino in, the first white female sales manager, you know, seven uh, vice president, I got a whole list. I, I didn't want to bore you with all this stuff, but I did do the work, Okay. And the idea was, it's not that we didn't want to help other people, but let me tell you what Dave Kearns told me. He said, Bernard, we didn't put you there for you not to take care of black folks. What's the point if you're not doing that? If you're a Latino and you get in there and you don't help Latinos, come on. Or women, come on. It's just that simple. Because, see, white guys have been doing this for for, for millenniums. It's just part of their DNA. And I ain't mad at them. It's a good model. What we just got to do is copy it. And then get in that job and do the same doggone thing. And what I used to tell them, you know, when I had, you know, 65% of my, my region, we had about 3,000 people, about 65% of them were either female or, or minorities. They kept you saying, well, damn, I'm in I said, well, let me tell you what. When you get the job, you can do anything you want. You know what I mean? But... I got this job and guess what the only thing I will let you tell me something about are my numbers but the rest of it I'm gonna do because staffing was my responsibility okay climate was my responsibility affirmative action was my responsibility and I blended those to make the region work the way I felt it should work and then we played against the other ten regions and wore them out. Yes, we did. Okay? All right. Yes, ma'am. Give me your name again. And from Xerox. Yes, okay. Uh, do you see a difference uh, leaders today? You know, uh, yes, and uh, let me say it this way uh, I'm a CEO coach. I go into a CEO's office and I tell them basically that I know what your job is. And then in the next half hour, I convince them that they should pay my rate of $3,000 a day, okay? And that's just how it works. So, and I'll tell you a quick story. A guy with a software company, Voice Over IP, which we all now know, but in in 1994, 95, it was a new technology. So they wanted me to help them with this new technology. You follow me now I'm not a technology guy but I'm pretty smart about a lot of things first of them is about making money you follow me I always establish my contract right now I'm gonna tell you this because this is a good one in negotiating. so I told the guy on the phone he wanted me to come up and they wanted to check me out so I said you know what I don't do much checking out you follow me here's my rate you give me a ticket pay for my expenses and if I don't convince you that I know what I'm doing you don't have to pay me but you got to pay me first you hear what i just said within 2 hours he hired me for 1 year at 3000 a day and my rate is 3000 a day whether i work an hour all day and surely i'll tell you we used to do it like this when i left xerox in 1991 i said you know i want to work a year i want to take off a couple I want to work another year, maybe take off three. It's a good life. You should try it. You follow me? You should try it. And that's what we've been doing the last 21 years, enjoying our lives. That is what this is about. It ain't about nothing else, it ain't about working. You understand what I'm saying? Let me give you a quick example. 1991, I leave Xerox. We are teaching the Harvard Business School case study about black folks to the B school, the last day was Xerox. Okay, that's a good way to step out, you understand? So a friend of mine uh, who worked for me in Santa Rosa, Ted Morgan, called me. They had an electric car company they were developing and wanted me to help them with the California delegation in uh, Washington. Wanted me to take them back and help with some legislation and so forth and so on. Now, I ain't no lobbyist either, you know, but, you know, but his reputation, his know-how, people. Okay. So I told him my rate, I said, it's $90,000. I don't know where I got that from. Sometimes I just pull it out of the air. If I think I can get it, I pull it out of the air. So I said, it's $90,000. They said, well, we're going to give it to you in stock. So he gave me a ton of stock. So I took them back east. They loved it. Turns around, the stock goes to $7. Think about it. Okay, so we built our house on that one deal. You follow me? So I leave the electric car company and go to Rebuild LA to meet with Peter Uberoff because I want the electric car company to be in the black community so black folks could have some jobs in this new technology. I'm still on my job, making money, but I'm still on my job. So I'm talking to, to, uh, to, to Peter, and he's trying to hire me, to come to work for Rebuild LA. I said, you got to be kidding. What the hell I want? I just left a job, you know. So he goes on and said, David Kearns, you remember David Kearns I was talking about? David Kearns had called me about three weeks earlier and said, Bernard, I'm coming to Los Angeles, and President Bush just named me as the czar to be the federal response to the riots, and I want you to show me around. Well, I never heard from him, so I didn't know what the hell happened. So I go in and talk to Peter, and he keeps saying it. I said, well, what's this deal about me wanting that? I want you to do the electric car deal. <laughs> I ain't here, you know. So he said, Bernard, let me tell you something. David Kearns came out and had a nosebleed and was taken to the hospital, and they found out he had cancer of the sinus. It was flown to Sloan Kettering. He said, before he went into the operating room, he called me and said, if you only hire one guy, hire Bernard Kinsey. That's how I got rebuilt all That was hard to turn down. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I took it. You follow me? I mean, and and let me tell you the first deal we did. I'm reading the paper. I read the paper every day. And I see this little thing that Vaughn's is not doing well in the suburbs anymore. So I said, this is an opportunity. So I go to Peter. I said, Peter, do we know the CEO of Vaughn's? He said, Roger Stangler. I said, let's call him up. See, I was the co-chair And Chief Operating Officer. That meant I did policy and implemented. You know, I had both ends, okay? So I said, let's call him up, bring him on over. We brought him over, and I laid out the map of the riot area. 2.3 million people, 67 square miles, okay? Let me just finish, okay? And I said, you're hitting the wall in the suburbs, and I got 2.3 million people that don't have grocery stores. He signed a deal on the spot for $100 million. And then after that, we signed 33 more supermarkets. And we did that in every segment. I hired people in every segment paint stores, drug stores. I said, This is your job. Know everything about that. Bring in the, the leader, get him to go be the rabbit. You know what the rabbit is? The rabbit, you chase it. Okay? And the tails, you cut off. Okay? That's a powerful concept. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm working through it up here. Okay. I'm working through it, okay. yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, th- there's a thing called tails management. And tails management says you cut off the tail. And that's how you improve your business. You follow me? You keep cutting off the wheat. You follow me? No. If you don't improve, you get keep cutting. OK? All right, I'm done. Fabulous. Right. Thank
1: right. you so much, Bernard. All right.
2: OK. Do we have this on tape?
1: We do have this on tape. Because I need to see
2: this because I don't know what I said here today.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. One observation I will make is so interesting hearing you talk to so many people in the audience that you know so well and known for 40 years or more. I actually thought Faye McClure was the person I knew that had more deeper relationships with more people from throughout her entire life than anyone else I knew. But I actually think you have her beat. Absolutely.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's a wonderful yeah, we got quality. The it. I mean, if we really it's a wonderful have. quality I, I, you I
2: both have. appreciate you all coming out.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Bernard. It's okay. always wonderful to have you with us, and we appreciate you spending your time with us. We have a special gift for you. This is a uh, replica of the statue of George Grazia Dio out in front of our building. And he actually came to L.A. I don't know how much did he have in his pocket? Not much. Not much. He did have a car, but he didn't have a job.
2: Well, tell you, but now he has a business school <laughs>
1: name for him, so he did I'll pretty you, well, he did too. Real so. Well. <laughs> so thank you so much okay. for being here and being part of it. And thank you.
2: Thank you. Come on, let's get the let's get the shot.